In this episode, we'll discuss the benefits of blind bid over a standard auction approach, how competitive bidding benefits both the buyer and the seller, and why outsourcing the bidding to a company who knows the market is in your best interest. You are listening to I Need This Gone Tomorrow, a podcast by Material Management Resources. MMR is a full-service investment recovery firm serving a variety of industries, including oil and gas and utilities. On this podcast, we talk all about responsible investment recovery, which is more than an afterthought. It can become a strategic advantage and a differentiator if handled properly. This podcast is about how you and your company can leverage investment recovery in your projects. I'd like to welcome our guests today. They are Kevin Graham and Ashley Atkinson. Welcome and thank you both for being here. Hello, Candace. Thank you for joining us. Hello. Ashley, let's get down to the basics. How does blind bidding work? So blind bidding is set up where companies that wish to place offers on what we have live to market on our website, they can go in and bid on it, but they're not going to see what their competitors are offering. Um, So it gives them an opportunity to place an offer, whatever they feel is their best offer, without another company seeing what they're offering. So they can submit these offers through our website, or they can also just send us emails referencing what they're placing an offer on. How does blind bid bring the best price for the seller? What we're selling in most cases is commodities. I don't have a Rickenbacker guitar autographed by John Lennon. There's valves or pipe or motors or whatever. By doing a blind bid, people give us whatever their best offer is. They don't have to be there at the auction close and worry about snipping and we're again, we're doing we're doing commodities. The stuff has got a certain value to people and they just give us their best bid at one point and that's it. What's the benefit to the buyer for blind bidding? So Blind bidding for the buyer, it's a lot less time consuming than an open auction. Because as Kevin had stated, they're not having to sit in front of their computer and watch as the numbers increase and make sure that they get their next offer in so that they can be high again. They just put in whatever they think is their best offer, whatever they're willing to pay for it, and that's it. They can go in and adjust their price if they, you know, a few days later and the bid hasn't closed yet and they feel they can offer more, they can go and adjust their offer and put in a new offer, but they're not having to just sit at a computer as the clock ticks down and see what's happening with the bids. It also ensures that they're not having to pay more than they were in or offer more than they were initially thinking. Mm. They put in what they're comfortable with putting in and that's it, that's the end of their bidding process. It also gives buyers, all buyers, a fair opportunity. So. At the beginning, everybody's on equal playing ground. And so until the bid closes, you know, everybody has an equal opportunity to win. How does MMR help a client anticipate the fair market value of their materials? Well, we've got a lot of history of selling things, and we've got multiple indexes that we look at for commodity prices and things of that nature. So when... Occasionally, we'll have somebody come in. There was a few years ago, got 
you know, a client sent me a note on December the 12th, say, we've got these furnace tubes that have been sitting out in the yard for a couple of years, and the manufacturer offered to buy them. They said they'd give us $330,000 and have them gone before Christmas. You know, will you help us process the sale? So we're more than happy to help you, but let me see if we can't do that and we'll meet your time frame. So we put them out to bid, like we talked about, mm-hmm. came back $613,000. So not quite double, but almost. And they shipped on the 19th. So, and the initial company didn't even place a bid. Um, wow. Ashley came up on, on something like that here not very long ago. You know, one of our one of our clients said, you know, these buyers presented an unsolicited offer. Will you run the paperwork? And go ahead and tell them about it, Ashley. You did great on that one. Yeah. So I asked, why can't why aren't we bidding it out? Do we have an opportunity? And he the answer from the client was, well, this wasn't material we were originally going to offer for sale. We got this offer, and it all comes down to money. So they decided, well, we like this number, so we want to sell it. And I said, well, what if we can get a higher higher value? Because we've had some buyers recently that have bid more than this for this material. So I didn't put it out to bid. I just, on the side, very quickly reached out to one of our good buyers of that type of material and said, hey, what are you offering right now for this type of material? And when he came back with a number, it was significantly higher than the offer, the non-solicited offer. So I went back to the client and said, we have this number. I didn't tell them any specifics about the material, but this is what they're saying they're paying. Are you sure you don't want us to bid it out? So they came back and said, okay, you can put it out to bid for a week. So we got them significantly more money because they allowed us to put it out to bid. And we actually got offers from like 10 different companies on this material. And the company that provided the unsolicited offer significantly increased their offer and actually won the material a lot more money than they would have gotten had we just cut a contract to to them. About 28% more. That's a lot. So. (laughs) Sometimes you just have to ask questions. Yeah. Ashley's very good at that. She asks some tough questions. Good. Once something is sold, what do you present to your client? When the bid closes, we go through and we reconcile all bids received and we organize them from highest to lowest. Mm -hmm. If something is out on a per pound basis versus a lump sum, we then take that per pound and calculate it out based on what we're anticipating the total weight to be to figure out what we would anticipate the total sale. And we stipulate all that out and we PDF it and we send it to our clients so they see all bids received And then we let them know how many people received the bid, how many people actually placed offers on the bid, and what our recommendation going forward would be for either accepting or rejecting offers. And how do you make those recommendations? What what goes into the thinking behind those? So some of it depends on the specific project. If the site is under time constraints, we might know that certain offers can meet those time constraints versus others. And so in those cases, we might not be recommending the highest bid. It might be a lower bid that can actually meet their time constraints. 
or safety. If we know that a particular buyer has a good safety record um, dealing with a specific project or a specific site, we might recommend them because we know that they can meet those qualifications for this actual bid. Most of the time though, it would be a high offer would be the one that we would be recommending to the site to accept. Makes sense. Well, and where that comes in is if there's a demo or a demolition project that's going on that we've got three priorities. The first priority is safety. The second priority is timeline. And then the third priority is recovery. So safer companies with a better safety record, like their TIRR, you know, their workman's comp rating, things of that nature can be taken into account. Also the timing, depending on how long it's going to take to get some of this stuff out, how many trucks need to turn. And some companies, you know, own two trucks and they want to run them back and forth. And if you've got 10 truckloads of pipe and they've only got two trucks, that can present a problem and that Mm -hmm. can be taken into consideration and potentially giving the two truck company uh, say, if you want this, you're going to have to be able to pick up five loads a day Mm -hmm. or, or something like that. And if they can't agree to that, then we'll move on down the line. Recommend someone else or yes, some other bad. Okay. And there was another um, project recently where we sold an Inco vessel, and the vessel had polyurethanes inside of it, and it had had caustic mis- uh, material run through it. And the site planned on cleaning it, but a lot of times those polyurethanes hold on to that caustic material, and if they do, you can't torch cut it. So the high bidder stated that there was absolutely no way that they could take the vessel if there was a chance or a possibility that it would still retain some of that material on the inside Mm -hmm. after being cleaned. Whereas the second bidder said, we just won't torch cut it. So we can accept it no matter if there's the potential of it having that material. So for everybody's safety, the site and both of those bidders, it made the most sense for everybody moving forward to go with the second highest bid versus that actual highest offer. So that's what we recommended moving forward. What would lead a client to reject a bid? So sometimes clients have a number in their mind and we're not always aware of what that reserve would be. So when we submit them, hey, here's all the bids that we received. This is the highest offer. This is what we would recommend you taking. Sometimes they come back and say, well, that's not enough money. We were looking for this. Mm -hmm. In some instances, there's no way that reserve is going to be met. That's just not where the market is at the time. So in those instances, the client would reject the high offer or the recommended offer. There's other times where the offers we receive might not reach the value of if they were to recycle it. So in those cases, it actually makes more sense to go ahead and recycle it because the client would make more money. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if the offers, if they can't meet timelines or, other special circumstances that might be put in place. If they can't be met, then they might have to reject offers that are received. And in those cases, we might put it out a bit to see if maybe somebody else can meet those stipulations that they have in place. Right. So I'm hearing a lot of benefits to having you guys help with the bidding process. Can you, can you really uh, talk about some of them specifically? 
Well, we've got a large list of independent buyers. The um, As we've talked, working the schedule and how quick we can turn a bid around, mm-hmm. we're the audit point mm-hmm. for all the files. So in two years, when the client's auditors want to come in, they get all the documents from us. We have them all electronically. You know, any one of our files, there could be 10 different pieces of paper right. from initial approval to sell, that we've got to sign contracts from the buyer, mm-hmm. that the site had agreed to the price, that the funds were handled properly, everything was released. All of those can end up with multiple sheets of paper that the auditors can go over with a fine-tooth comb all they want. Well, you mentioned packets to a client. So what you're talking about is when you do something for a client, inside that file, it's complete everything that they need to know about that particular sale. Yes, ma'am. And it could be handed to somebody who had never seen it before, and they would know exactly all of the documentation required. Everything start to finish. Any email that would be of importance, any back and forth with either the buyer or the client, everything goes into the packets in the files. No question unanswered, no stone unturned. We do collect the money and all of the, it's paid at least in a deposit before anything's released to the buyer. Okay. We maintain that. For some of our clients, we have a power of attorney and we actually sign the sales agreements for them. Mm-hmm. Um, for others, we make sure and use uh, Adobe DocuSign and make sure that everybody has got everything signed and it's all proper and legal. Right. And it, it saves the, the client time. They're not having to, I mean, if they're having to sign it, it's a matter of opening the email, clicking start, hitting sign, hitting finished. And they can finish it in 15 seconds. Sometimes in our demo projects, the timeline can be quite extended. You know, we talked about moving stuff quickly, but in a dismantlement and demolition, it might take 18 months from the time that they start taking stuff apart until everything is gone and everything's ready to move. So in that case, we'll, one, you try to identify buyers for some of the assets. A lot of times you're talking about some fairly large high-pressure towers or large compressors or things of this nature that you need to clear out the piping and get stuff out from around and you want to make the determination that, yes, we have a buyer for this vessel, but it's not coming out for four or six months. Mm-hmm. So in that case, to make sure we've got a legitimate buyer, we'll take a 10% non-refundable deposit that they've got to put up to hold the item. And, you know, it will have been out for bid and we'll tell them that up front. And then they'll have to pay the balance before it comes out. But they're not out their money for the whole six months waiting on it. But just the deposit to say, yes, when it comes around, mm-hmm. we've got the money and we'll go forward with it. So that's, you know, one of the other little things that we offer in help managing some of these. Okay. So, Ashley, you dig into it with customers all the time. What's the feedback from your buying community about MMR's process? So most of the feedback we get is, 
that they enjoy dealing with MMR, that the process is easy, that, you know, if they have questions, we walk them through it. We're always there to answer questions anytime they have a question about not being able to get into the website or what if I can't do this or how do I do this? We're there to any questions. Another thing that buyers like is that we don't have a buyer's premium. So exactly what they're offering gets submitted to the client. Great. Kevin, what impact does competitive bidding have on sustainability? Everything we do yields back to sustainability in keeping things out of the landfill, reusing them either for what they intended or for something else other than they were intended. A lot of our pipe becomes structural applications like making feedlots for cattle or cattle pens or fencing or things of that nature. And some of the stuff, it just comes down to preventing it in the land, going in the landfill. And if we can find someone that will maybe make a minimal sales, you know, minimal offer to buy it, but they'll handle all the logistics and freight. And sometimes even they don't handle logistics and freight. We have to deliver it to them, mm-hmm. but they take it and it keeps it out of a landfill. We had some hydrochloric acid out in California that the field had been shut down. They had like 30,000 gallons of hydrochloric acid that was going to be somewhere around $180,000 to dispose of. You know, client ended up paying about 12000 in freight, but then sold the material. Mm-hmm. So it saved them a whole lot of cost, kept it out of the landfill, and was actually able to be used in, in water treatment. For, for sewage treatment, they use hydrochloric acid. So it was something that, that worked very well and got a lot of sustainability credit, if you will. Good. Okay, so let's see if we can summarize what we talked about today. Competitive bidding can bring a much higher value for the client. A well-documented process for bidding saves the client time and effort in the long run. The client always has final say. MMR assists them to make the most informed decision. And selling with MMR provides the easiest and most efficient way to sell surplus. And it keeps everybody out of audit jail. Okay. (laughs) We want to thank our guests today, Ashley and Kevin, for sharing their time and expertise. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Candice. It was fun. Welcome. Thank you so much. To learn more about material management resources and how we can help you responsibly handle surplus materials and molecules, visit us online at materialmg.com. <laughs>